Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern and I'm so grateful to have you join us here today. Thank you once again to my very dear friend Melina Puente for coming back for another week in Isaiah 54. Hi Melina, how are you today? Doing great today, Carrie. Thank you. Well, I love this chapter, and last week we were in verse 4, and we're jumping all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 17 today. But before I read that, I would love it if you could just give a really quick recap, Melina. What we talked about last week was so important. It was so rich, and it was so meaningful and so impactful to me, and I've had so much feedback from so many people that listened to it. So if you don't mind, would you give a quick recap of last week and then kind of swing us into verse 17 and read our verse for us, unpack a little bit of truth, I'll do the same, and then as always always, we'll move into a choice that we can make from this passage this week. Yes. So 54 is just the opportunity for God to speak a celebration into his people, Mm. that there is more for them that they have been experiencing. And so he wants them to sing. He wants them to dance. He wants them to experience a joy like they haven't known. And when he talks about verse 4, To fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid. There's no more disgrace for you. And I loved that last week you kind of reminded us, put your name in there. For me, just that reminder and how powerful this verse was to be able to remember, I'm not my past. My identity is not my past. And the new identity that he is really digging deep for me is the beloved. And I love that verse five, right after that, we didn't touch a lot on it. I did mention that idea of preparing myself for a husband. And I love that verse five says, for your creator will be your husband. And it's that who the Lord is for us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to protect us. And that verse just leads us right to 17, which says, I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. And one of the really beautiful experiences I did have this week in preparing for verse 17 was I was packing up a shelf that has a lot of books and some, you know, candles and whatnot. And I realized there was a whole section on that shelf that had four or five journals in it. I thought, hey, I just started to flip through some of them and was so encouraged when I could see God's healing. And some of them were back in 2014 and realizing the healing of that little girl who thought there's not enough. I was living in this poverty spirit and then realizing he's opening doors for me and just trusting the protection of whether it's a new job or peace about being single back then, realizing I didn't know I was not single. Mm -hmm. So I just got super excited and encouraged. And this gratitude just started welling up in me as I recognized He has been protecting me. He has been providing for me. He has been my husband. And leading into 17, that talks about being that no weapon formed against us can stand. 
just realizing my journals are a tangible expression mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's been super exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And so the truth for me about verse 17, God is guarding my heritage, like who I am, the beloved. It's been this beautiful, through my journals at least, this beautiful love story of my husband protecting me and who I am for him, which mm-hmm. is the beloved. Yes, it is such a powerful verse. And I appreciate you taking us back to last week, reminding us that this is an invitation to celebrate. And if you look at the other verses you mentioned in red verse five, and then really, if you jump to verse nine, all the way through verse 17, Melina, it's this promise after promise after promise of what he is going to do, what he's capable of, what he wants to do. And one of my favorites is verse 10, for the mountains may move, the hills may disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has Mm. mercy on you. And then I have to read verse 11 as well. Oh, storm-battered city, you're troubled, you're desolate. I will rebuild you with precious jewels. I will make your foundations from lapis lazuli, 12. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies and your gates of shining gems and your walls of precious stones. So he's saying, not only am I going to rebuild you with precious stones, I'm making you my precious stones. And he's leading up to verse 17 or verse of the week. He's making all of these promises, making all of these reminders calling them back, his people and us, back to himself through his loving kindness. So now in verse 17, after making all of these promises and saying, you know, even when the world is falling apart around you, that's why the verse starts, but in that coming day, when it seems like everything around you is in carnage, you need to recognize that no weapon that is formed to destroy you or take you out or take you down is going to have any power. Amen. And I think the first question is we're inviting ourselves into the truth of this verse is, do we believe that, Melina? Mm, Do we believe that, listener, that the weapons that have been formed to destroy us by our enemies that, that seem terrifying, they seem overwhelming, you know, I love it that Noah is referred to in, in verse nine, like terrifying, right? Watching the yeah. world flood around you. And I think at times we feel like the world is flooding with sin around us. Desperation, hopelessness, anxiety, and fear. Do we believe, verse 17, that when there are weapons that have been formed to take us out, when there are accusations that are raised up against us. I mean, Melina, have you ever been accused of something that's not true? Has anybody ever wanted to believe something about you that's not true? Yeah. Of course. And me too. And this happens on a regular basis when you're in full-time ministry. People will accuse you or they'll make up things about you that aren't true. And you just have to say, like Romans chapter 8, who dares accuse you? It's not God. And all of these accusations, according to verse 17, all of these weapons that have been formed to destroy us, none of them are going to have any power. Why? Because our heritage, verse 17, our heritage is whose we are. And I need to take a minute and just preach this for a second, because I think so often we focus on the inheritance. And my spirit is so refreshed and encouraged by this verse, these benefits, which in the Hebrew, the word is heritage. The heritage of the servants of the Lord is victory. 
Amen. is promised rest, promised victory, having the strength to stand in the face of all the aforementioned weapons and accusations. Our heritage is the beloved that you spoke of, Melina. Our heritage is we belong to him. We have a heavenly father who loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. We are his beloved. We are his children. And that is what we have to cling to, Melina, because if we don't claim, cling to and claim our heritage, it's very easy for the enemy to convince us that we're not the beloved. Let me explain what I mean. If we focus only on our inheritance, what we get as children of God, the enemy could convince us that we've been abandoned. What happens if I only look at my tangible inheritance and I lose my job or I lose my health or I lose the person I love the most in this world? The enemy could come in and say, see, God doesn't love you. He took that away. He took that job away, that security away, that person away. He took that thing that made you feel safe away. How can you believe that God loves you? It's so important that we find how loved we are. And the depth of our identity as the beloved in our heritage as his children. And that is what this verse is calling us to. It's not saying every weapon that is formed against you will have no power. Every accusation will be silenced when you remember your inheritance. It's saying when you remember whose you are. Amen. And when you remember whose you are, your vindication, which means your righteousness will continue to flow. It will come from me. It will come through me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So all of this is hinged on us knowing whose we are. And we just had Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. And this gratitude of belonging to him is our protection, isn't it? Yes. When I remember that I am the beloved, I belong to him, that is when the enemy has no power. That is, and I'm going to keep repeating it. I'm going to keep repeating the verse. That is when the weapons that have been formed against you, Melina, me, every listener out there, you feel like there's a war in your life. You feel like there's a temptation. There's a hardship. There's a battle. Have you been accused? Have you been attacked? Have you been criticized? Those are all things that fall to the ground and they lose their power when we remember whose we are. When our identity is, I am his and he will protect me. He will defend me. I might not see it today and I might not see it tomorrow. I might not actually ever see it with my human eyes, but I know it to be true. I believe it to be true. And the faith that he is coming to protect me, that he will protect me with his righteousness. This is a declaration that he's ending this powerful chapter on. This is the last verse of Isaiah 54, and the last words are, I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes. So he's declaring this over his children. Yes. So powerful, Melina. What else do you have to add to this truth? For the gratitude part is so powerful. Just recognizing that it is like a shield around our heart, that a lie, um, for example, for me, just the lie that I maybe am not lovable or that I could not experience somebody loving me because of the things that happened to me in my past and the gratitude that I can operate in and remembering whose I am. I love how hard you hit that. That's where the gratitude spills over. And it's truly like this beautiful protection for my heart against the lies of the enemy. And I can walk in that truth. 
Yeah. And it's so powerful. Here we're reading out of the New Living Translation today, but if you study the word vindication, um, it actually, in the Hebrew, it actually means righteousness, like I said. But one thing that's really interesting to me that we've been pulling out here, again, in the New Living Translation, it says benefits, but if you study it in the Hebrew, the word is heritage, like we mentioned, and the picture is we are his property or his possession, his most prized possession. Yes. Right. And that's so cool. If you look at this verse in light of the larger context of the chapter, where he's talking about how we're these precious jewels, our foundation is precious jewels, but he actually has made us his precious jewels. And now we see this kind of coming full circle in this picture of the benefit is that you are my most precious possession. How could I let you fall to accusation? How could I let you fall to a weapon formed against you? Not possible. You're my most precious possession. And what do we do with our most precious possessions? We protect them. We protect. Right? (laughs) We insure them. We put them in a safe and lock them up and keep them safe. And that's what he's saying. I got you. I got you. You're my most precious possession. Yes. So knowing that, knowing that no weapon is going to be powerful. No weapon will succeed against your life. Every voice that accuses you will be silenced. That your heritage is his righteousness. He will protect you. He will defend you. He will cover you. What choice will you make based on this verse in the coming week? And what choice can our listeners make with you, Melina? I think the whole chapter is about celebrating and choosing to celebrate all of those little victories uh, that we have experienced maybe this week to really be conscious and aware of our heart gratitude. So choosing to celebrate, choosing to be grateful, those two things for me go hand in hand. And I feel like it really protects my heart against the weapons that would want to come against me and distract me or make me look at myself and forget that I belong to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And it's such a timely reminder We can't go into the holiday season and let our guard down. Can I just be that blunt? So many people get so hard, just hit emotionally in the Christmas season. And as a counselor, I see this in a very raw lens. It's a very difficult time. I think we have expectations. We have some idealistic pictures of what the holidays should look like or we want them to look like. And we need to go into this holiday season with our gratitude shield up. Because guess what happens? If I go into this holiday season grateful for what I have, even if people don't do what I think they should do, even if they don't respond the way I think they should respond. And of course, when when I'm speaking vaguely, I'm referring for all of us to our family, to some of the people that we end up having the holidays with that that may be difficult for us or don't have the same politics as us or the same, you know, translation of the Bible or the same faith or the same dress code or, you know, whatever it is, that we are so grateful that that actually becomes a shield of protection that the weapons of the enemy to come in to distract us, to discourage us, to make us us anxious or afraid, don't have any power because we're so enthralled with how loved we are and we're so overwhelmed with gratitude for what we've been given in an everlasting, eternal sense. And we're so solidly focused 
on our relationship with Jesus that the things of this earth that are so temporal, so fleeting, that really don't matter, don't serve as distractions that would steal our joy. So I like this idea of gratitude being a shield that's going to deflect the things that really don't matter that come against us, that could be such a big deal and hit us so hard. Now, I'm not being insensitive. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that our families aren't important. I'm not saying that having a close relationship with our loved ones isn't important. I'm just saying oftentimes we get in a place of gratitude and then we stumble or we get distracted and we need to remember what's most important. What's most important is our relationship with our creator. Everything else comes after that. So when that is solid, when that is our focus, it makes everything else that feels difficult or tenuous in our life less powerful. Amen. Melina, thank you so much for spending this time with me. We are quickly moving into the holiday season. So happy holidays to you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you. It is such a joy to share the season with you. And listeners, next week I'll be back with Crystal. And we'll be in my very favorite Christmas passage, Isaiah 9-6. I can't wait to jump into that one next week. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that our promise today is as true as it was when Isaiah penned it hundreds of years ago. I thank you that no weapon that is formed against us will succeed. I thank you that every accusation will be silenced. I thank you that our heritage that we enjoy as your servants is your righteousness because it comes from you. And I thank you that you have declared our victory. You have promised that we are safe. We are protected. We are provided for because we are your most precious possession. You can't forget You can't abandon us. You can't put us to the side. It's not possible. It's not within your character. All you can do is love us and cherish us and protect us. And I pray for the faith that we all need to hold tight to that, that that would be our shield of gratitude, that we would be grateful for this truth from Isaiah 54, 17 in the coming week, and that that would create a shield of gratitude that everything else that is less important than that would just fall away, fall to the ground. Because whose we are, the fact that we belong to you is something like Melina said, we need to be celebrating, we need to be focusing on, we need to be grateful for every moment of every day. And then whatever comes against us, Lord, won't have power, won't be able to steal our joy, won't be able to steal our focus from you. I pray that we would be men and women that are steadfastly focused on your face and your great love for us, that we would be your light and share your great love to this world, especially now in this Christmas season. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.